This is Dr. Edith Ubuntu Chan. Welcome to The Dr. E Show, a show exploring the frontiers of our human possibilities in areas like health and wellness, science and spirituality, quantum biology, and conscious living, so that together we can awaken the best of ourselves and create our most joyful and fulfilling lives. In the world of personal growth, we often hear this idea of just think positive, right? Think positive. But for those of us who've been on the journey of cultivating mind mastery for a while now, have you noticed that just think positive doesn't really work? In fact, often it just pushes our negative or stressful thoughts further into the subconscious. Where is still dictating our lives, our behaviors, and our patterns. So, what if we could choose to love every thought instead? Not in some true philosophical way, but in a very practical, day-to-day, moment-to-moment sort of way. We recently did a Facebook Live training on this very topic, and wow, everybody has been writing in, telling me how life-changing and powerful it was for them. So I feel so honored and so blessed to have the opportunity to have this important conversation with you. So I'm really excited to share with you that Facebook Live training is titled "Master Your Mind and Love Every Thought." I hope you find it helpful, insightful, and thought-provoking, and hopefully transformative. And if this kind of advanced-level inner work calls to you, We invite you to join us for our upcoming Super Wellness Retreat in September 2018. It's going to be a beautiful, epic five-day retreat in gorgeous Sonoma County, California. All your food and accommodations are taken care of. Enjoy beautiful nature walks, sun gazing during the day, stargazing at night, swimming pool, jacuzzi, incredible friendships with beautiful people, and most importantly. Powerful transformational workshops and tons of spaciousness to breathe and to do that deeper inner work. We get to reboot, recharge, and upgrade on all levels. It's an opportunity to give birth to a whole new you. So, if this calls to you, please visit superwellness.com/retreat. That's superwellness.com/retreat. All right. Now, please enjoy this live training we did recently. It's titled "Master Your Mind, Love Every Thought." Enjoy. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this month's Super Wellness Live webinar. I've got a big question for you. Chances are, if you guys have been in our community and our tribe for some time now, I'm sure that you're well aware of the immense power of our minds. Right? Everybody says that. To master our lives, to master our health, we have to master our minds. In fact, there's this beautiful documentary that just came out. I hope you guys have all watched it. It's called Heal, H-E-A-L, Heal. The documentary that is probably the single best documentary I've ever seen that deals with this topic of the mind-body-spirit connection. This idea that to heal ourselves deeply and profoundly from Any illnesses or diseases, we have to take beautiful care of not just the physical body, but the mental, emotional, and spiritual status of our well-being. I know that's totally preaching to the choir here. One of the quotes in that documentary that really hit me was this: 
Marianne Williamson is amongst the many, many celebrities as in the documentary, and she said, it's not just that diseases begin in the mind, it's that everything begins in the mind. And so to really create effective, positive change in our lives, we have to master our thoughts and master our minds. But the thing is, remember way back when, when there was um, this documentary called The Secret? And there was another documentary called What the Bleep? Those of you that have been in the personal growth or new agey circles, I'm sure you've seen those documentaries back, you know, 10, 15 years ago. Those were like big game-changing milestones in our popular culture that helped us to tap into the fact that our minds are powerful and they influence our reality. But we were given this idea that, well, you better think positive, think positive. So, you know, if something crappy happens in your life, it's all your thoughts is because you have bad negative thoughts. And so what happened was a lot of us started feeling guilty for having negative, stressful thoughts. And if something shitty, pardon my French, if something shitty happens in our lives, we start beating ourselves up and we start blaming ourselves for something crappy happening, like what's wrong with me? What, I must have some like negative beliefs that is causing all this trouble in my life. And, and so then what happens is we end up suppressing our negative thoughts and beliefs instead of actually loving them and processing them and just being okay that sometimes we feel crappy, that sometimes life deals us a bad hand and we feel down on ourselves. So today I want to have this really important conversation with you because after 15 years studying holistic medicine, working with thousands of patients, I've really started to see a pattern that I think is time for us to break, which is that we all yearn for unconditional love and acceptance in the world. But what about our unconditional love and acceptance of ourselves? What about this idea of unconditionally loving even our negative and stressful thoughts? Because what happens is, you guys probably know this, it's been found that our thoughts and belief patterns, it turns out only about 5% is conscious. It's been found that about 95% of most people's thoughts and beliefs is actually subconscious. So what happens is if we are dealing with struggles in our lives and we go into denial, it's like, la la la, pretend happy, everything happy-go-lucky, when deep inside we're feeling deep sadness, deep anger, deep sorrow, deep frustration, and we don't give those negative thoughts and beliefs a voice, we just shove it into the subconscious. Can you see how that's even worse? When you shove those negative thoughts and beliefs into the subconscious, it continues to be operating in your life, continue to dictate the results that you get in your life, but you're not even conscious of it. It's almost like going into denial. So in today's session, I want us to really take a moment to look at how, how to work with those negative thoughts and beliefs in a way that really, really serves us. Because I hope you agree that our world needs a lot more unconditional love and understanding now, more than ever before. If you look at all the conflicts and struggles that are going on in our world, it's because 
we don't want to deal with the negativity. We just want to shove it aside. And on some level, I believe all the inequity, all the divisiveness, the homelessness, the wars, the conflict, on some level has to do with our lack of skillfulness in dealing with some of the darker, shadowy parts of our minds, of our psyches. So I think it's about time we've gotten more mature as a society, as a culture, and especially those of you that are on this call, you guys are game changers and pioneers in your community. So let's step up our leadership role by showing the world how powerful it can be. If we just take time to love ourselves unconditionally, even those stressful, dark, shadowy, negative thoughts, to love them until they have no more power in our lives to love them unconditionally until they dissolve away. So how do we do that? Well, there's three things I wanna share with you that I draw tons of inspiration from. The first is a very famous New York Times bestselling book, The Seven Principles of Making Marriage Work. Have you guys heard of that book? Everybody's heard of that book? Now, the thing is, most people think that book is great for married couples or couples that are trying to work on their marriage or, you know, like struggling with relationship issues. No, actually, this book is a beautiful book for single people to read, for everybody to understand how to cultivate not just a beautiful relationship with another human being, but a beautiful relationship with ourselves. So the book is, again, is called The Seven Principles of Making Marriage Work by John Gottman. What's amazing about this book is that John Gottman and his team, they've repeatedly been able to observe couples for as little as like 20 minutes, an hour, maybe sometimes a few days. In different studies, he's able to watch how the couple relates to one another and determine with anywhere from 90% to 98% success rate, whether or not that couple is gonna make it work. He can determine if that couple is gonna to stay together or get divorced with 90 to 98% success rate. What I love about the book is not just that when you read it, it'll give you lots of powerful, deep insights about your relationship with your significant other, but much more importantly, your relationship with yourself. So click a little, type one into the chat roll if you guys have read that book because um, I wanna make sure I'm not repeating what you already know, but those of you that haven't read it, at a high level, the book talks about this. He has something called the four horsemen, which is that if he observes a couple do four simple things, in essence, it spells doom for their relationship. These four things are so simple. When the couple is talking about some high tension issue where they are um, you know, dealing with some differences and wanting to communicate and negotiate about something that is stressful where they debate about it, he looks for four simple characteristics in the way they exchange their communication. This four horsemen, number one, criticizing criticizing the other person for how bad they are versus taking personal responsibility and creating an unconditionally loving environment, a deep understanding environment in the conversation. So criticism is number one. 
Number two is contempt. That's even worse than criticism. It's just like, because you did this thing that bothered you, you're just like an evil bad person, right? You, you have contempt for the other person. That is the beginning of the decline of that relationship in their, in their research experience. So criticism, contempt. Number three is defensiveness. When one of the two parties act defensive and not take personal responsibility, that is the beginning of breakdown of the communication again. And the fourth one, probably the worst of all, is stonewalling, which is like, I don't even want to talk to you. You don't deserve my attention. I don't want anything to do with you. Just walking away and ignoring the other person completely shuts down the communication and we all know how far that goes, right? So when he lays it out so simply like this, it's pretty obvious to all of us that those are not the most kind and unconditionally loving ways to communicate with one another. But the thing is, I want to ask you this. In your inner monologue, let's say you're having a hard time with something. How do you talk to yourself? I want you to take a simple moment and take a couple deep breaths and just think about just today. Maybe you had a good day. Maybe you had a not so good day. When you found yourself with a negative thought, a stressful moment, what was your inner monologue like? Like if we could have an alien come and read your brain for that moment, did you treat yourself with unconditional love and kindness in that moment? Or did you criticize yourself, bad me, bad me? Or did you treat yourself with contempt? Did you treat yourself with defensiveness? Like, oh no, not me. Like, it's like bad thought. It's like, what? No. Like that conflicted thing, instead of just being with it, right? How did you respond to your own negative thoughts when they arose today? And finally, stonewalling, just like, shut up. Shut up, mine. I don't want to hear that thought. Is that what you did? Consider that those four key elements are the key to a not very healthy relationship. So how is your own relationship with yourself when stressful thoughts and beliefs arise? What if you just said, okay, I hear that thought and I'm going to move on with the day. And when there's downtime, let's talk about it. Let's do some journaling. Let's do some processing. Let's create an unconditionally loving environment where I can take care of these stressful thoughts and beliefs and hear it out. Maybe there's a lot of merit in it. Maybe there's a lot of wisdom that I need to give time and spaciousness to just allow those thoughts the voice that they deserve. So those of you that just joined us now, the four key, the, he calls them the four horsemen in the seven principles of making marriage work were criticism, contempt, defensiveness, and stonewalling. So in our relationship with ourselves, how are we doing there? On the flip side, another really game-changing part that I loved about the book is he, he observed, he had like interns count the percentage of negative versus positive interactions in the couples. So couples that stay together versus couples that break up 
it turns out there's a sweet spot, there's a ratio between negative interactions and positive interactions. So basically, every single couple sometimes get upset with one another. It's just that when they do, they talk it out in a certain way, and they have a different percentage ratio between the positive and negative interactions. Can you guys guess? Couples that stay together, what is the ratio between the negative interactions and the positive interactions? Go ahead and write, is it like one to one ratio, one to three ratio, what do you think it is? It turns out that couples that stay together, the ratio of negative interactions to positive interactions is one to five ratio. So they do talk about, you know, I'm not happy when you do this, I was mad or frustrated when you did this, but for every one of those, there's at least five, I love you, thank you so much, oh, you took out the trash, that's so awesome, and hugs and kisses and gentle touches versus those negative ones, one to five ratio. And in the couples that stay together for the long haul, like couples that stayed together for 20, 30, 40 years that he studied, guess what was the ratio there? It turns out with those couples, they found something like a 1 to 20 ratio. So for every time there's an interaction like, hey, you ate all the ice cream. I wanted to eat that ice cream. Or, or I thought you were going to take out the trash. The house is a mess. You know, this, this is the stuff that my husband and I argue about, obviously. So for every one of those, there's 20 interactions as positive. I love you. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Those kind, loving, you know, very intimate, beautiful, sweet interactions of 1 to 20 ratio. So I want to issue you a challenge this week. Knowing all these things from the seven principles of making marriage work, can you apply this to your marriage with yourself this week. For the next seven days, can you observe without judgment the stressful negative thoughts that come up as if that's one you and then the other you is the unconditionally loving partner. Imagine there were two of you within yourself. How would you cultivate that deep, lifelong friendship and marriage? Because at the end of the day, our marriage to ourselves is really the only marriage that matters. Isn't that true? You know, what good is our marriage to a wonderful spouse if in our inner landscape, we don't haven't achieve a level of peace and self-love, right? So can you watch out for the four horsemen? Notice if you're criticizing yourself, contempt, defensiveness, or stonewalling yourself, soften that with deep listening and unconditional love. And every time you notice that a stressful negative thought arises, give that as voice, but also follow that up with at least a one to five ratio of goodness. Just Letting yourself know, hey, I'm a wonderful person. I did a great job with this today. Wow, I really appreciate this about myself. So we're not denying those negative stressful thoughts. We're just weighing and balancing it with a healthy ratio 
of positive love, self-loving thoughts and beliefs that we also cultivate simultaneously. So for those of you that haven't read that book, Seven Principles of Making Marriage Work, I recommend it highly. That was just a quick little highlight of the beautiful game-changing insights that I personally received in the book, and I hope you guys love it too. So that's my first recommendation, is to put that body of work into practice in cultivating a healthy marriage within ourselves. The second one is really creating a consistent practice of listening for those negative stressful thoughts and beliefs. For example, do you guys like to journal? Whenever you have something that bothers you, what do you do instead of shoving it aside from the conscious mind into the subconscious? What do you do to actually let it have its voice? Because what happens is if we shove it down and say, shut up, negative thought, I don't want to hear you, it goes into our subconscious and it creates kind of an energetic tension within our being. And when we experience that kind of energetic tension, literally it turns into a ball of stuck energy within our physical body. And I know you guys are masters already. You really understand the mind-body connection. But in some ways, when we shove those negative thoughts and beliefs down into the subconscious, that is the beginning of energy blockage that can, over time, fester into weakening our immune system, illnesses, diseases. So let's love those negative thoughts and beliefs. What is the practice that you have? Do you have a daily or weekly journaling practice? When you feel stressed about something, do you speak up? You know, I'm not saying like whenever you can feel upset, there are some things that at the workplace, for example, if you feel like yelling, it's probably a career limiting move to all of a sudden, you know, like have no self-control and start yelling at everybody at work. But do find a appropriate forum to speak those truths. Do you have some friends that you go out to dinner with to, to console with that you guys share some of those vulnerable, deep thoughts and patterns that you're sorting out? And if you feel it's appropriate, of course, it's highly recommended to work with a professional therapist to process those old thoughts and beliefs that are causing you a lot of stress in your life. I'd also like to point out as part of that exercise, you know, everybody, whatever it is, pick something that is a forum through which you can air and get off your chest those negative thoughts and beliefs. Sometimes just speaking it out is already enough. Once you get it off your chest, you know, sometimes if it's just in our minds, it feels like such a big thing. And sometimes if we just get it off our chest, we start to laugh about it, right? When you hear it spoken out loud, sometimes it just sounds so funny. Like when I get all upset that my husband ate the last bite of ice cream or something, when I say it out loud, it just sounds so silly and goofy. So I just say it and then, and then we laugh about it. You know, so it might be something that simple. Or it might be that those thoughts and beliefs is actually telling you some deeper wisdom that that your heart is trying to guide you to hear that maybe there's something out of sorts about your life path. And if you get still enough to really take time to listen to those stressful thoughts, you realize something profound 
For example, in week number five and six of Super Wellness class, we look at our thoughts and beliefs and we learn these different advanced ninja tools for going into a meditative state and speaking our truth and then speaking something that is a complete lie. And we learn to tune into that sensation of when I say something like, hello, my name is Dr. Edith Ubuntu Chan. I'm a kind and loving human being. When I say that, I have a feeling. If you say that to yourself, hello, my name is so-and-so, I'm a kind and loving human being, you'll just feel a natural, authentic sensation in your body. But if you say something that is a lie, like, my name is Joe Schmo, I'm, um, I'm a criminal and a mass murderer or whatever it is that you say that is a lie, if you say it a few times, you'll feel how that creates a sensation of tension and stress in your body. So that's why it takes tremendous stillness. If we have stressful thoughts and beliefs, my own experience is that it is usually because you're believing a thought pattern or something is going on that is not harmonious to your truest, deepest nature. And this can be profound if we learn to listen to that. It might be because there's something really off about your work or some circumstance in your life and there's a better option out there and your spirit, your mind, your, your somewhere deep inside you is this wisdom that is trying to come forth to say, hey, listen, that is out of alignment. That is not in your integrity to keep going in that way. It's time to switch course. And in our go, 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 constant rushing around city lives, is we don't have the stillness to really listen to that voice. So that's why some kind of a deep journaling practice or carving out consistent time to do the self-care where you write down those negative stressful thoughts and just give it a voice and contemplate and marinate in it to see if there's a deeper wisdom underneath that is trying to speak to you. Does that make sense? Sometimes that's how our, 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 our spirit speaks to us by saying, hey, hey, something is out of sorts, something's out of alignment. Take time, create the spaciousness. And by the way, total um, shameless plug, we have an amazing five day super wellness retreat happening in September where we cultivate that time and spaciousness to get out of the hecticness of the city, turn down all that noise, turn off our cell phones, stop watching the television, getting inundated with all these programs and thought patterns so we can listen more deeply to the, that inner voice that is trying to speak through us. So if that calls you, I'll pop a link later below so you guys know uh, how to find out more information about the September retreat. Yeah, so I think in nature, have you noticed how in nature, everything recycles? All the waste products, so to speak, gets composted, turns into nutrient-dense soil, which can turn into flowers and trees and fruits and everything is recyclable. I think our thoughts are like that too, if we just allow it its natural course. So when it comes to our stressful thoughts and emotions and beliefs, we can take that lesson from nature and say, hey, maybe there is 
there is something deeper that this stressful negative thoughts and beliefs is not serving me in my life. I'm really clear that it's not serving me. But what if I give it the, the forum to compost it and turn it into the nutrient from which new flowers, new trees, new fruits can blossom out of that, right? When we spend enough time in nature, we realize that everything comes and goes in cycles and so too are negative stressful thoughts and beliefs. And then they don't have so much, they don't have this straight jacket kind of grip on our lives. We don't have to take it quite so seriously. And sometimes when we spend enough time processing our thoughts and beliefs, we start to realize like, wait a minute, that thought isn't even mine. That like, when did I start thinking like that? Did I learn that from my parents or grandparents or caretaker or a teacher I had early in my life who, you know, had a certain attitude? And you start to realize, mm, that's not mine. I can let that go now. I don't even really believe that, but sometimes the thoughts come and go and, and we take them a little bit too seriously. So for me, especially whenever I feel stressful or anxious about something, I've started to train myself like a Pavlov dog reaction. Whenever there's a stressful thought or belief, I've trained myself, ooh, there's something deeper underneath an exciting gift out of that that I can uncover. For example, I was a year ago super nervous about speaking in front of the camera with Facebook Lives and Zoom Lives like this. It was get like giving me sweaty palms and heart palpitations and I was so nervous. But then you guys are so kind. You know, I turn on the camera and I just go for it. And I share from my heart. I hope you guys can feel and 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 it's just beautiful to share these wonderful moments with you. And after four, five, six, seven of these live videos, I realized that I didn't have to really even process my thoughts. I just had to, you know, find the courage somewhere to share from the heart and just get over these stressful, anxious thoughts I had about going on live video with you. So I wonder for you, what is that in your life? Where are you stressed out, anxious, fearful about something? that maybe the solution to it is a little bit of journaling and processing, or maybe the solution is just go for it. Nobody's ever gonna die. For example, in the case of like a Facebook Live, nobody's ever gonna die because I got on Facebook Live or Zoom Live and I fumbled with my words, right? It's not that serious. So are there cases in your life where you're encountering stressful, fearful thoughts? And if you just go for it anyway, Nobody's gonna get hurt, so just go for it. Despite your fears, despite your anxiety, despite your self-limit thoughts and beliefs, what if you just went for it and proved yourself wrong and proved yourself wrong over and over again, five, six, seven, ten times until that fearful thought just doesn't even have a hold on your life anymore, right? So what is that for you? I hope that this has been exciting and maybe thought-provoking for you to start thinking of your negative thoughts like that as an opportunity to dive much deeper into your inner wisdom and find a deeper set of courage. My third and final category of um, processing stressful thoughts and beliefs is really 
For those things that really are deeper within our lives, I recommend highly to use a tool such as the work of Byron Katie. You guys know about the work of Byron Katie? Can type into the chat roll if you've heard of Byron Katie. She's a woman that has come up with a brilliant system of loving unconditionally our stressful thoughts and belief. Byron Katie is spelled B-Y-R-O-N K-I-T-I-E. Byron, I think her, her full name is Byron Kathleen Mitchell, but everybody calls her Byron Katie. And her methodology for dealing with stressful thoughts and beliefs is called The Work. And you can find out all kinds of information about it on the internet, on YouTube, on Google. Her website is thework.com where you can download worksheets that for free, everything you need to know about using the work to deal with your stressful thoughts and emotions is available for free, it's extremely generous. But I'll give you the short version. With the work, the way the work works, is that whenever you encounter yourself having a stressful thoughts and belief, Byron Kitty says, all war belongs on paper. If you feel a conflict happening in your mind, write it down. And she has this specific format for you to write down your stressful thoughts and beliefs she calls the Judge Your Neighbor Worksheet. It's six simple sentence structures where you go, I'm angry and blankety blank because blank, blank, blank. They should blank, blank. They shouldn't blank, blank, blank. I want them to blank. I need them to blank. And then they are adjective, adjective, adjectives. So basically it's a big fill in the blank worksheet for you to vomit out all of your stressful negative thoughts and beliefs. And sometimes it just feels good to just put it on paper. And that's already a big step. Then she has you pick sentences within that that has the most emotional charge and just sit in a state of stillness and contemplation and ask yourself four simple questions and just wait. The more still you are, the more profound the answers are that come out. And these questions are, is it true? Number two, can I absolutely know that this is true? Number three, how do I react and what happens when I believe this thought? Number four, who would I be without that thought? Who would I be if the situations were exactly identical just without that one stressful thought? So four simple questions that could profoundly change your life. I've attended many of Byron Katie's workshops. I don't get any kickback from their organization. I'm not associated with them in any way, except I'm just a huge fan because this tool has so profoundly transformed my life. And I've seen it so profoundly transform so many other people's lives. She's got wonderful books and workshops and seminars and lots of free YouTube videos that you can check out. So here's an example. Let's say I'm at work and my boss doesn't respect me or so I think. So I might, I'm so angry, my boss doesn't even respect me. So the inquiry practice would be, my boss does not respect me. Is it true? Can I absolutely know that is true? So I might just sit there and pause for a moment and just think, yes or no. Can I absolutely know that is true, that my boss doesn't respect me? And sometimes it's like, no, I don't know that. 
I mean, it looked like it, but I, I, no, I don't know. Wow, already, can you feel how you start to expand and feel more free and feel lighter? Because before, I was so sure my boss, he's a bleep, bleep, bleep. I'm swearing at him. He doesn't respect me. I'm so angry. Now it's like, well, I don't know. Actually, does he respect me? I don't know. So is it true? Can I absolutely know that is true? Number three, how do I react and what happens when I believe this thought? If I believe that my boss does not respect me, wow, how am I behaving? How am I acting awkward at work? How am I getting distracted? How am I always looking to prove myself right in those emails or those meetings? How am I getting distracted with my children when I get home after a grumpy day at work, right? And how am I um, being less productive, less creative, less innovative? How am I not performing my job the way that I wish I could? Because I'm draining so much energy with this one negative stressful thought. So give yourself time to get real with it. Don't rush. We cannot rush our enlightenment. We cannot rush into being healed before we're healed, right? So unconditional love means unconditionally loving even those stressful moments, those stressful thoughts. Take as long as you need to get real with ourselves. So how do I react? What happens when I believe the thought? And then question number four, in that situation, who would you be without the thought? So for example, I might be like, wow, well, I would be more friendly to my boss. And I wouldn't, man, that last, those last five emails I wrote was all just based on be, me being petty and nitpicking about, you know, the lack of respect and, oh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be gossiping at the water cooler and I should get so much more done. I'd be so much more creative and innovative and wow, you know, I would actually like give my boss more kudos at work because I wouldn't just be so, I wouldn't be giving him the cold shoulder. I'd be so much more friendly and easy. To, I'd, I'd actually be more respective towards him actually. And wow, I wouldn't have been short with my kids last night. And I wouldn't have binge ate that tub of ice cream. You see how you start to get, get real with it? And, and it starts to transform already just by sitting in contemplation of these four simple questions. So in the work of Byron Katie, she has you take as long as you need with these four simple questions in that very specific situation, not like some theoretical philosophical thing in that real life situation. Is it true? Can I absolutely know it's true? How do I react? What happens when I believe this? And who would I be without that stressful thought in that specific moment, in that specific situation? After you contemplate these four questions, I love the last step, which is what she calls a turnaround. So the turnaround is to look at the opposite. Like my boss doesn't respect me. Flip the sentence, my boss does respect me. So you're not trying to rush yourself into it. It's just take a moment to consider the possibility. Is it possible that my boss does respect me? Come up with three genuine non-BS reasons. You cannot BS yourself, right? This is you talking to you. Are there three genuine reasons, three real life pieces of evidence I can come up with where my boss does respect me? Wow, and then you start to look at the situation, you start to be like, 
you know what? He always says good morning to me. You know what? That time when he kind of criticized me is because he actually, he feels safe to just be real with me. To, to actually not just fake uh, fake that he agrees, but that have like a respectful professional debate about that situation. That was not disrespectful. He was just having a professional debate and I totally misinterpreted it. Another reason might be, you know what? He's like kind of a nerdy engineer guy and he's a little bit socially, you know, like a nerdy engineer. And he's like that with everybody. In fact, he gave me that raise and that amazing review, even though he like, he's kind of socially a little bit awkward, but he really respects me. Holy moly. Can you see how when you start to open your eyes like that, you realize that what you thought isn't even really what's true. And then can you see how that stressful negative thought just starts to dissolve and your heart starts to open, your perspective on the situation starts to broaden and you start to see many angles on the same situation. So my boss doesn't respect me becomes my boss does respect me. Is that as true or truer? Or I don't respect my boss. You know, what are three reasons why, why I don't respect my boss? And it's like, oh, like maybe, maybe I'm the one that's been acting disrespectful towards him. Maybe I need to make amends and apologize for the way that I spoke to him. You know, at the end of the day, it's like I have no control over how anybody else behaves in life but I have full control over how I behave. Isn't that true? And when you take total personal responsibility, there's like an insane amount of freedom in that. Thank you alone, alone says conflict is gold. I agree because when we are willing to engage in conflict, there's an underlying mutual respect that happens. Like, hey, I care enough about you to engage with you. To not stonewall and be like, you know, you're not even good enough for me to engage with. I don't even want to deal with you. That is the worst, right? When somebody wants to engage on the other side of that engagement is a much deeper, more intimate, much more loving, real kind of relationship. Haven't you guys all had that experience? Right, so in this case, I don't respect my boss. That's where you're like, wow, I gossip behind him at the water cooler. I gave him the cold shoulder yesterday. I just said some crappy things at that meeting just to prove my I'm right because I honestly had low self-esteem and I just had to like my ego got in there and um wow I can find a lot more than three reasons why I'm being disrespectful. If I want respect I'm the one that needs to bring respect to that situation. Can you see how there again it becomes it becomes self-empowering when you realize that you have control over that situation now. A third one would be instead of I d my boss doesn't respect me, it's like maybe I don't respect myself. What if it's like I, you know, I was blaming my boss, but I haven't been advocating for my needs in that job. I haven't been asking for what I want the projects that I feel excited to work on. And I'm grumpy and resentful. I'm blaming it on my boss, but I never actually went and communicated my needs. 
you know, the resources that I wanted to be successful in this job. And if this company can't give it to me, why can't I put my resume together and start look for some better opportunity, right? Can you see how the list can start to go on and on and on? All the options, all the solutions, all the possibilities start to unfold. So this is really what I'm talking about previously, this turning turning uh, negative thoughts and beliefs into compost that becomes flowers, right? Can you see with the work of Byron Katie or something like that, where you love and give space to those negative thoughts and beliefs and then process them and give them a voice, give them unconditional love and take your thoughts, thoughts through a journey of inquiry that goes instantly from problem to solution. And what Byron Katie says is that everybody talks about, oh, you need to forgive, forgiveness, like Jesus talks about forgiveness, everybody, Buddha, everybody talks about forgiveness. I've heard Byron Katie say this very profound statement, which is true forgiveness is when we realize that what we thought happened isn't what happened. So this example of my boss doesn't respect me, can you see how if you take your time and sit for an hour, two hours, however long it takes to listen to that negative stressful thought and take it through that inquiry practice, on the other side is gold, is true forgiveness. The next time the thought comes crashing into my mind when I'm at work, like my boss doesn't respect me, I just kind of laugh at it because I don't even believe it anymore. Right? So that negative stressful thought no longer has a street jacket. And I don't have to be like, think positive, think positive, think positive my way out of it. Because it has no more power and the thought kind of dissolves into nothingness. So I think we're at a point in our human evolution now where we're getting more and more mature. Where we can get real with ourselves. And that our world needs more than ever before true unconditional love. And that means that we don't need to be afraid of those negative thoughts and beliefs. As if those negative thoughts and beliefs are going to like make us sick. You know what makes us sick is not giving the time and space to love ourselves through all those dark nights of the soul. All the shadowy, negative, stressful moments in our lives. Give them love. Give them the space to be processed. I'll close with this really moving moment in the Mr. Rogers documentary we just watched. It's called Mr. Rogers and Me. I recommend highly. It's free if you have Amazon Prime. We just watched it for movie night at Dante and Wellness on Friday night, so it's fresh on my mind. They were talking about Mr. Rogers, who's like America's favorite neighbor. I hope most of you guys maybe grew up. I certainly grew up watching Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, and we all love how he was just such a steadfast presence in our culture as somebody who provides a space for unconditional love and kindness. Well, it turns out, where did that come from? It was this eight-year-old moment that he experienced. It turns out Fred Rogers was a really chubby kid when he was eight years old. And he tells this story when he was eight, he was chubby and he was shy and nerdy and these bullies ran after him and tried to beat him up. So he says it was such a hard moment to be bullied. He was running, they're like, we're gonna get you fat Freddy, blah! And they like beat him up. 
And so he cries and he says, that wasn't even the worst part. The worst part was when he went home and he told the adults in his life about being bullied. And guess what all the adults said? They said, Freddie, don't worry about it. Just act like it doesn't bother you. Just, just ignore it and act like it doesn't bother you. And a lot of his biographers say that that was the moment that Fred Rogers or Mr. Rogers, as we know it, was born. Because in that moment, he realized, even as an eight-year-old self, that that is not the right way to do it. You cannot shove aside when you feel sad, when you feel lonely, when you feel frustrated. You know, so that's why Fred Rogers spent the rest of his life sharing with us this really potent and powerful way of being, which is when you feel sad, feel sad. When you feel frustrated, feel frustrated. Unconditional love means we love the good times, the bad times. We love ourselves even when we have those stressful, dark moments. And we can use something like the work of Byron Katie or other similar processes for sitting in a state of unconditional love and contemplation so that we can listen to those stressful thoughts and take ourselves through a healing journey that gradually transforms that stressful thought into compost, which turns into new flowers, new, new fruits, new trees, beautiful new opportunities in our lives. So I hope this call has served you. Again, for those of you guys that are interested in creating spaciousness in your life, we have a five-day meditation and super wellness retreat in beautiful Sonoma County happening in September 2018, September 16th to 21st. And we've got amazing, beautiful food, rustic cabins. We're going to turn off the phones, uh, the TVs, and have tons of space to do that deeper inner work so that we can give birth to the very best of ourselves. It would be my honor to spend those beautiful five days with you in this sacred retreat in Sonoma County, California. I hope this call has served you guys. I'd love if you leave a comment in the chat roll. What was your favorite game-changing idea that you're excited to apply into your life starting this week. I'd love to hear from you guys. Thank you so much. See you guys next month. I love you. Bye-bye. Bye. Hi, friends. Did you love that interview? If you did, please leave a review and share with all your friends so that many more people can benefit from these game-changing insights. You can also go onto our website, DrEdithUbuntu.com, and subscribe to our newsletter, where you'll receive free trainings and next-level ninja tools that we only share on our newsletter. Together, let's turn your life into a brilliant masterpiece.